0: who's in the slot. Look at that
1: direction on a slam! Huge hit! Ball picked off. The volunteers on the carom make an interception. Jawan Mitchell, they call him Juju.
0: The discrepancy. Schuster, they were going to take a shot but he's hit by Nelson! In the play! has picked up the football their first takeaway of the game wells way down the field it is into coverage it is intercepted
1: it is over Lamarion james has
0: sealed the victory for old dominion and fittingly it comes on a takeaway Welcome back to Davey IVP Grind. I am Hollywood Totten, and I'm joined by my co-host, Justice. What's going on, man?
1: Oh, not much. Just uh, enjoying President's Day. Family, The family's home yep. today, so.
0: Yep, no most school. Most government places are down. Yep. yep. Um, it's been a couple of weeks, um, two or three since we uh, had a show, but we were letting things kind of build up. And I think now actually is quite the perfect time to get started for the 2024 season. Um, lots going on, transfer portal, recruiting. You've got the actual season, 24 season for college football starting to get cranked up, right? Spring games, we'll touch on that. Um, then you've got some legal battles with the NCAA and coaches and changes and all kinds of good stuff. So, um We'll just jump right into it. Tennessee, Virginia, in a huge legal battle with the NCAA over NIL. Uh, it has to do with boosters. Um, honestly, I don't know how the NCAA has much of a leg to stand on here. Um, I think they're just grasping at straws and throwing stuff at the wall to see what will stick and won't stick. Um I don't know your thoughts on it, but it doesn't look good for them, and I think they're just trying to grasp for whatever they can right
1: now. I think a lot of a lot of the NIL and the transfer portal stuff is just like the the, the horse is already out of the barn, and and, and yeah. they, you know, I think I don't know, like they're trying to rein it in, but they really can't, um, and so like. It, they should have been more proactive on the front end. I guess is the best way to say it. I don't. I don't at this point, I don't really know what they can and will do, because I think, um, as we've talked before, if they if they do too much, then you know the the big two are going to say, which I think is headed towards this anyway, is saying uh, as far as football is concerned, saying screw you, like we're going to do our own thing,
0: do whatever we want. We, you know, in regards to yeah, so and the too. Big Ten. Yeah, I I just don't know. I'm like you. You can't, once you have a a group of tigers that you've starved and lions that you've starved for years on end, and you finally let them out to go hunt, you can't put them back in the cage once that happens. And they didn't prepare for it, right? They just kind of said, here it is, do what you will. And now you've got state legislatures involved. You've got what's likely to be, I would imagine, national or federal legislation involved. At some point, it's, it's going to come to a head, and I just think they're on the losing end. Um, if they were truly cared about this and wanted to be able to regulate it, I'm like you. They should have got out ahead of, out ahead of this before it happened. And you just, for a lack of a better term, you can't put the genie back in the bottle once it's out, right? So, yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm with you. I think the Big Two, SEC, the Big Ten, And I'm sure they could get some traction from some of the others. Um, I think they're going to wind up doing their own thing. They're going to have maybe one commissioner for both or whoever joins them at some point, but yeah, it's it's going to be ugly. Um, which kind of brings me, and I didn't put it on here, but the whole disparage between the power five and, uh, the group of six right what are you what are we doing there because they're just for a lack of a better term pillaging those teams right um I saw you and Choppy talking in the chat there that we have um and Choppy said well they, they need to face the fact that they are a uh, like a minor league group right and I get that well, I but I think maybe these smaller I think as right.
1: time goes on, the pendulum will swing back, right? Because what you're seeing I'm now watching. to some extent is, you know, the Alabamas of the world or, you know, Ohio States of the world, they can bring on additional kids, right? Beyond the scholarship limit by giving them NIL money to pay for tuition. And so, um, you know, and of course they can pay more money, although all those sort of things have more resources. So these, these kids are chasing that dollar sign. Right. But at some point they're going to realize, Hey, like I'm not getting on the field. I'm not going to get on the field. You know, I'm just a depth piece for them. Um, So maybe I should stop chasing the dollar sign right now and go to where I can be played and maybe make the NFL. You know, I don't know. Like I feel like right now the pendulum swung so far to one side that it's, at some point it's going to come back the other way. It's never going to come back to the way it was, but it's going to come back a little bit where some of these guys start realizing, hey, like if I want to actually play and not just be the third string, you know, starting defensive end for Alabama, the, or, you know, third string depth piece for Alabama, you know, I want to transfer to Tulane or, you know, Liberty or, or wherever, so I can actually get on the field.
0: I think that's what you're uh, to And, and the thought. Yeah, and I kind of had a thought on your own topic, like I said. Um, <coughs> these recruits, they, they want to go to Bama. They want to go to Ohio State. They want to go to Georgia. They want to go to Oregon, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but maybe for the success of the smaller schools, <coughs> maybe they don't recruit as hard, right? And maybe that's, that's the wrong way to, to say it. Maybe they fill their rosters with the players they know they can get, right? Like some four-stars, your three-stars. Say, hey, look, we know you're a five-star. If you want to come here and you want to be a part of this this team, we've got a spot for you, but we're not going to hold it for you, right? So I think if you, in my mind, if you did that, then the big groups are going to be flooded, right? Because you're going to have all these five-stars, all these four-stars. Maybe they sign them all. Maybe all these kids do sign somewhere, but back to your point that you just made, they're going to get tired of sitting, right? I've got Nico and I've got Merklinger and I've got so and so sitting in front of him at Tennessee. It's going to be three, four years before I can play, even with a red shirt. I want to go somewhere else. Then I think you're going to see instead of kids, I don't know, instead of kids going to Old Dominion, transferring to Tennessee. You're gonna see them go to Tennessee and then transfer back down to maybe Old Means or maybe you know Appalachian States because they know the playing time is there.
1: And and then maybe transfer back up, right? Like so they'll you know they'll transfer down to a smaller school, you know, freaking have an amazing season, and then transfer back up, right? Um, I think I think you're gonna see some of that too.
0: Yeah, and I mean it,
1: it would be for those of I mean, you that It'd be, I think, I don't know if it was me and Brock were talking about this. Maybe we were. But um I wonder if it ever get to the point where they where there was like some kind of formal um agreements, right? So let's say Alabama has an agreement with UAB, right? You take these kids, they're not gonna play here at Alabama, but we want you to, you know, get them playing time, get them experience, and then after a year or two, they'll transfer to Bama. You know, I don't know, like, make it I, – I don't think it'll ever happen, but, like, if it was more like a, a true minor league system, right, where, like, you know, UAB kids went to Alabama or an ODU kids went to Virginia or Virginia Tech. I don't know, like, just just thinking out loud. I think it was me and Brock
0: were talking about that. Yeah, I think it was. And that was just kind of my thought. Like I said, I didn't have time to really join the chat, but <clears throat> just thinking – Of that, maybe that's maybe that's how some of these smaller schools, leagues need to attack, right? Because you're going to get pillaged either way, right? If these players are that good and they dominate at your level, they're going to go up. But maybe if they start up and kind of get humbled a little bit and drop down, maybe they stay a little longer or they decide, hey, the last time I went to Tennessee or the last time I went to Alabama, I was roadblocked for whatever. Here I can start immediately. I can play my three, four, five years, whatever it is. I just think that could help a little bit for the smaller schools. Not to say that they're going to say, "Hey, well, you're a five star. We don't want you." But at the same time, we're going to build our team, and we're not going to wait on you. So you make up your mind if you want to come here. We'll take you in. We'll find a way to get you. So on, so it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, I think this is going to be the new wave. Uh, first, it was the uh, the transfer portal and then the NIL. Now I think it's, I think playing time is going to be the next big wave for these kids. They're going to have to decide, do they want to wait or do they want to go somewhere and play immediately? So yeah, be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, UCLA hired running back or former running back Deshaun Foster as their new head coach after Chip Kelly has left. Um, Went to and be we'll the OC on Ohio day. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of interesting for me. I just didn't see that match. But.
1: Well, I, I think I don't know. Like he had been shopping himself in NFL <laughs> teams, right? Um, I just think if a, a college coach like, not, nowadays, I think a college coach, especially a head coach, you're probably not really a like a coach you're more like a GM, so to speak. Right. And so I just feel like, you know, you're going to see, whereas before I think, you know, college guys wouldn't leave to go to the NFL because of the safety and security of the college game. Right. I think they're going to be more apt to leave just because of all the BS with the NIL and the transfer portal. So um, the other thing, you know, like you said, here's, here's a head coach, going to be an offensive coordinator um we saw we saw it happen uh in the g5 uh this past week where the georgia state head coach left to be a tight ends coach at south carolina you know and so he's essentially making the same amount of money but you know the responsibilities of a tight end coach at south carolina versus the head coach you know it's quite a big difference right um I just think that's what you're going. I think you're. I think you're going to see a lot of that where guys are like, I don't want to deal with this basically bullshit all, every day, all day. I want to be a coach, not, not you know, a general manager.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think you're going to see a ton of this, and it's something we're going to start getting into in our five star topic. But I think you're going to see a lot of that um, if you can go somewhere and make comparable money at least close and have a lot less responsibility risk why not right i mean i think the only ones are going to be the ones that truly have a dream to be a head coach right that maybe have never done it because chip kelly has right he's done it in college he's done it at the nfl was pretty successful both places um so he kind of already knows What it's all about, right? So for him to go be the OC at Ohio State, he's I don't know what he's making, I don't know what the contract was, but for me, being the head coach is is a much more of a headache than being a coordinator or or an assistant or something like that. Sure. Um speaking of head coaches, or should I say former head coaches. Alabama head coach or former Alabama head coach Nick Saban is expected to be part of college game day starting this year. Um, I think there's some other things that he's looking at doing just besides game day. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see where he fits. Um, I wonder if they're looking for him to be the potential replacement for coach. Of course, though. Because you know he's getting up there in age, his health's not being good. Um, I could see him up there with Fowler and Herb Street. I could see that being a, a pretty good fit.
1: Yeah, I, I really hadn't thought about that. I mean, I guess the one thing I've seen when, when he was hired was the, like the conspiracy theory folks saying, "Oh, well, ESPN knew this." And that's the whole reason why they, they knew it was his last year, and that's why Alabama got put into the playoffs, you know. I, I saw that kind of stuff. But um
0: yeah, I hadn't really yeah.
1: thought about I hadn't really thought about what his role would be, but that's a good call. I could see I could see that moving moving him to kind of replace Corso.
0: Yeah, when I first saw it, they said he would have some different he would have a role with College Game Day along with some other So I don't know if it's, you know, some other, I'm sure it's other shows, but to me it was some limited capacity. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, are they just trying to put him out there as much as they can as the backup plan for Corso? Because we've seen the last couple of years he's not been the Corso that we've become used to, right? He's had some health issues and you can even see it when he's talking and and stuff like that. He's not as sharp and on point as he he quite used to be, but um, just something that hit my head. Staying with uh, head coaches Texas to approve the contract extension of head coach E. Sarkeesian through the 2030 season. Um, the extension includes $100,000 annual raises that will push Sarkeesian's guaranteed salary to $10.9 million by the final year of his deal. He also gets a one-time $300,000 bonus payment and 20 hours of personal use Every year on the school's private plane, Um, he's eligible to earn more than a million and a half in bonuses if the Longhorns win the national championship. And his original contract called for him to get paid 5.8 in 2024. And according to the Regent's agenda, the raises are a 78% overall increase in Sarkeesian's guaranteed compensation. So that's a lot to take in, a lot of information, and it all boiled down to me for this. They were making sure he didn't go nowhere. That's kind of what that boiled down to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, tech and Texas has resources, buddy. So I don't I don't know why he would, right? Right. I mean and, and there's and there's certainly a void, right? I think with the Nick Saban retirement, you know, that there there is right. a void, there's a void in college football. And I think Texas's goal is to fill that void. Um, you know, I think Alabama, the draw to Alabama was Nick Saban, right? Um, I don't think, I think it's Absolutely. no secret. there's no secret that their NIL game was not necessarily up to par of the, of the Texas's of the world. Um, and now with no Nick Saban, you know, there, there's kind of a huge void there that I believe Texas is trying to position themselves to fill that void
0: yeah well, and if you ever question what Saban's importance to college football and more specifically Alabama was the fact that within a few days of him announcing his retirement Caleb Downs hit the transfer portal with a quickness and that that tells me just what he meant right because that's that's a hard move right there. If you think about it, right? you, you go to Alabama. You had a shot for a national championship. You had shots in the future for national championships. Everybody knows that Saban was a was a huge defensive back coach, and I'm sure that's probably why Downs went there. So to lose him and lose those opportunities. I mean, for him to hit the portal that quickly, that kind of told me, yeah, Saban's going to be missed a ton. Yeah. Um, speaking of safeties, Michigan safety Keon Sab has entered the transfer portal and has already got a slew of offers, including Georgia, Tennessee, Oregon, Oklahoma, Colorado and Penn State. Um, I believe he was a five-star, maybe a four-star recruit uh, in his class, went to Michigan, uh, had a ton of offers back then uh, but with Harbaugh leaving that opened up their 30-day window, so he took advantage of that. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Um, it was interesting for me that he chose this year to enter the portal because he was set to be a starter this year. They they lost some stuff in the secondary the last couple of years, so this would have been his chance to be a starter. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, A, where he goes, and b. When he goes to wherever, what's in front of him? Is it going to be, you know, I would have to assume if he goes to Georgia, is there a – or Colorado, right, because they got Shiloh and Woods there at starters. I mean, Georgia's pretty, pretty loaded in to, 52, so. Yeah, so is he willing to be a backup again, or would he rather go to a place like Tennessee where he could probably start day one? Um, or, or even uh, or, or, I, I Oregon, remember, I think, would be one he could start. Yeah, Oklahoma I think is pretty set at safety. Oklahoma well, so. is
1: set at safety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tennessee and Oregon, so if he seems- wants to play right away,
0: seem like to be the, the top two. I think so too. And and we sit here and talk about the opportunities, but you have to mention the money, right? I mean, that's part of college football now. Who's going to throw the biggest money at him? And is it worth it for him to sit? So um, it's just crazy how the entire college football world has changed from the basic days of high school, get recruited to college, and then go to the NFL, but now it's, you're being recruited in high school and you're getting NIL deals in college and you transfer everywhere and all this stuff. It's just crazy. But, um, Penn State is moving linebacker Abdul Carter to defensive end slash edge. We've seen this movie before, right? We've seen this I movie mean, before. People West keep Tennessee. saying Micah
1: Parsons, but he, he's not Micah Parsons. But um, No, he's
0: not.
1: But I remember, you know, I mean, I guess it would be two years ago now, me, you, and Chop were doing our uh, – we did player profiles. And we did mm-hmm. one on Abdul Carter. This is when he was, like, right out of high school. And I remember, mm-hmm. I feel like I mean, I know like my thoughts were, hey, this dude's a defensive end edge, but he ain't nearly big enough to play defensive end edge, right? I mean, that was right. kind of his best skill set. Uh, he just didn't have the size, but you know, he certainly has the size now.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's uh, you can tell he's been in the white room and grew a little. um, It just kind of seems to be the M.O. with Penn State, right? Um, They kind of draft these defensive end slash edge linebackers and say, we'll find a spot for you. Whether that's as an edge, whether that's as an outside linebacker, whether it's even as an inside guy, depending on your skill set and size and all that stuff. And then once they get you in there, Then they kind of get you in the weight room, they get you in the program, see what you're really good at and not good at, and then they adjust accordingly. I'm with you. He is no Michael Parsons. Uh, Far from it. But he's still a good player. Um, He's still a
1: really good player. But, you know.
0: Yes, he's a really good player. Uh, But to make that comp, I think, is just – that's crazy. So I'm with you on that. He's not that. But can be an impact player. Uh, It'll just be interesting to see now with the move. up on the edge how he does.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, Penn State has a need there, right? They lose uh, Chop Robinson and Adisa, Adisa Isaac, so um, you know, I think, A, it's a need, and he had the size last year, but I think, you know, they didn't, they wanted him on the field, right? He's one of their better players, and so they, they put him at linebacker.
0: Right. Um, and I wonder if that's the biggest factor, not that is the need, right? Because you just mentioned they lost Chop Robinson, they lost Adisa. I don't know right off the top of my head who else they have on their roster. So maybe him moving there was the best because they have some linebackers. They have DeLuca, they have Rojas. I forget who the other youngster is. So they have some young linebackers that can make it make that transition for him up on the line a little easier, I think, for them maybe as a team. The,
1: the other edge would be uh Danny Dennis Sutton.
0: Ah, yeah. So yeah, I can see that with the need. I could see that being why they did Yeah. Especially when you got the young linebackers that can kind of fill in on that second level. Um here's one I didn't I hadn't heard of, but you put in here. Clemson defensive tackle DeMonte Khart was arrested for unlawful possession of a firearm on school property and is currently away from the team. Ugh these kids. I just, I don't get it with them. Yeah. You, uh, you, you would expect to see
1: Georgia in front of that, right? Because
0: <laughs> And I almost said that until I read it the second time. I was like, man, we went from from driving issues to gun issues. I almost stuck my foot in my mouth right there. But, I mean, he, he's not kicked uh, off. Yeah. Evening, so um,
1: yeah, just something to pay attention to.
0: Yep. Never hurts to, to follow these little nuggets away in your brain and and save them um here's one that everybody's gonna love ea sports has dropped their first trailer for college football 2025 which is confirming the summer release of the game uh i haven't seen who's on the cover no, i don't know I if they've announced that, that but
1: no but i did hear um, it's only on the new generation system so i have to break down buy by ps5 Oh, are you kidding me? That's what I heard. So but I, like you know, but I love getting, my PS3. Getting, well they definitely ain't making a PS3 version. But <laughs> I, 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 I was I was hopeful that they'd make a PS four and a PS five version, but uh looks like the answer is no, PS five only. Well,
0: from a PlayStation standpoint, um,
1: I forget what the new version of Xbox is. Um but it's but it's only on the new versions, uh, it's not on not the a, not, not Xbox not One. Xbox
0: One. I can't remember. Yeah. No, it's no, Xbox not. One. Xbox
1: being. One's like the PS4. Um, I don't know. I can't yeah. remember yeah. the new Xbox version. But anyway,
0: it's only gonna be on the new versions, which kind of anyway. Yeah, that does kind of suck. But that's huge huge name, uh, huge news for those of us who like to partake in gaming systems and stuff like that. So I'll definitely be uh, Entertaining idea. Uh, I'll just have to see what the boss lady says about the... Uh, <laughs> the funds, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I told you we're getting close, right? Kickoff 2024, we'll be here before we know it. I know it's in August, but we're in the middle of February, and spring games are right around the corner. So you've got about a month and a half until these kick off. So did a little digging real quick. You've got Clemson and North Carolina State on April 6th. You've got Tennessee, Old Dominion, Florida, Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama, LSU on April the 13th. Uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, UNC, and Texas on April 20th. And then Nebraska, Colorado, and Oregon on April 27th. That's just some of the big names. There were some other schools that are also on these dates. Um, I just picked out the bigger ones. Uh, there is some other dates. This is not limited to just these days. Um, there's some other dates that schools will be scheduling. Um, I got to be honest. I can't go through another Colorado spring game this year. I just can't. I can't <laughs> do it. I can't. You don't want. You don't
1: want to go through I the can't. hype machine again.
0: Oh my gosh! I just. I can't do that. Ugh. I feel like me and you and Choppy talked about that for like four weeks straight.
1: (laughs) The um, I just saw their schedule. Guess who they play first game? First game. Do what? I just saw the the schedule for um, Colorado. Do you know who they play the very first game of the year? So it's a non
0: conference game.
1: Non conference game. Be
0: televised.
1: And it, but it's not an FBS team either.
0: Oh, it's not an FBS team. Nope. Hmm.
1: And it wouldn't shock me, but I it wouldn't like shock you if it. they lose.
0: <laughs> North Dakota State?
1: Yep, they play North Dakota No, they're Dakota moving State.
0: up. No, North Dakota ah. State's not moving up. No, they're not moving up. They change coaches, that's out.
1: Yes, North Dakota now. State, that's who they play.
0: Darn it. Now I'm going to have to tune in and watch this game. I'm going to have to watch this game just to see if they lose. Oh, my God. You're killing it. Uh, hey, Dougie. What's good, fellas? Hope you all have a great week. You too, man. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I just don't know if I can watch the spring game. That was I watched it to see, I guess, last year to see the spectacle and kind of see what players was doing. Because last year, he kind of ran through the gamut with his his team, right? That's not something we normally see as far as putting some of your bigger stars and players out there to really push, push, push. Kind of usually a more laid-back thing, and he, he pushed a lot of players. Now, some of those players transferred out after the game or, you know, after that. But uh, oh, I just – I don't know if I can sit through another one. <laughs> Um so that kind of does it uh for the news and notes. Um I kinda like all jokes aside, I kinda like watching the spring games a little bit. Um I get to see really I I kinda listen more than I watch, right? Uh, there'll be a player that comes up there and does something a time or two, and then you'll hear the announcers or if they're interviewing coaches and it happens, sometimes you can pick up some little tidbits, hey we really like this guy, he just needs to work on this, or, you know, we can see him being this in the future. So you can, although spring games are sort of meaningless to us fans, you can pick up some little nuggets and insights uh, for the future. I mean, I, I, um, like, I like to uh,
1: watch them just to see the early enrollees, specific, particularly defensive guys, you know, like last year, you know, Anthony yeah. Hill. You know, who I who I watched several high school games and did not like. Um, but I did say, you know, that I thought his best game was the Texas Spring Game. Um, you know, Peter Woods, yeah, Clemson, you know, play, played quite a bit in the spring game. Look, and looked looked like a capable, you know, defensive lineman. So it, there are there is you, you can get some useful information out of them.
0: Yes, yes, you can. Um So we're kind of transitioning from the recruiting, the spring games, people coming in. Quickly, we're going to look at a few that's going out, right? So the Shrine Bowl was just completed. The Senior Bowl was just completed a couple weeks ago. Um, All the coaches and staff uh, flooded these places mobile. And uh, I forget where the Shrine Bowl was right off. but. They're flooding in to see how these players tested, practiced, and ultimately played in a game. Uh, We have some MVPs. So for the Shrine Bowl, the MVP on offense was a name you may be familiar with, and that's Frank Gore Jr. from Southern Miss running back. He had six carries, 87 yards, a touchdown, and it was a 49-yard shot right out of the the, gate. And it was like in the um, first possession, right? Or yeah, it was early. really. He had a couple chances to add on to it, and just didn't quite make it to the end zone. But yeah, he uh, he definitely impressed. You like him, NFL wise?
1: I mean, I think someone probably. I don't know. Uh, uh, Take the shot on the
0: name. He,
1: he he could be a seventh round pick or undrafted free agent. I think.
0: Right, I think some team will take a shot on the on the name. Right, his dad did this, which is kind of unfair to him. But somebody will take a shot. Yeah. Um, the defensive MVP, MVP, if I could talk, is Tulane quarterback Jarius Moore. Uh, had one tackle. It was a solo tackle, but he made the big play—the interception in PVU. Um. That he ran back for a pretty good ways. Um, Almost scoring a touchdown, I believe, if I remember correctly. And he just kind of ran out of gas at the end, but huge play by him. Um, Not sure where he's going to really go in the draft. I would kind of say late round undrafted would be my guess, six, seven at at the earliest. Um, I, I think that position. Has just gotten so deep that unless you truly are a Chauncey Gardner or a Devin Witherspoon or somebody like that, it's just so deep it's hard to go early. So, um, and then the senior Senior Bowl. Excuse me, I can't talk today for some reason. Um, the offensive MP, MVP was quarterback Spencer Rattler of North Carolina, four for four, sixty-five yards, had the touchdown. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, Rattler from Oklahoma to South Carolina. I think he's a decent quarterback. I don't think he's a star, um, but I think he's a capable quarterback. I think if you got him in the right situation, I think he could be a starter, but I just don't see him being an elite upper echelon uh, talent.
1: Yeah, somebody's going to take a chance on him, right, in the draft. I mean, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, he's he's a backup-level quarterback.
0: Yep. Uh, and then the defensive MVP comes from Georgia. Their safety, Taki Smith, he had three PBUs. Didn't make any tackles uh, or any other plays, but the three PBUs, when they put him in coverage, he stepped up big time. So um, I'm sure that was something they wanted to see out of him, and uh, and he provided that. So, you know, it shows his athleticism, uh, his ability to read and track the ball, and then get in there and make the play. So that was your defensive MVP for the senior ball. Um, before we get to our five-star topic, we have some league openings. Now, these are not listener leagues, as we have currently got those fields. Um. We got those taken care of and out of the way, um, but for those of you who have listened to us here at Davy IDP Grind, you know our buddy Chopin runs several leagues, um, and he has a few openings in some campus to camp IDP leagues. I think he's got two leagues that he's needing. Op- he has openings in, and then also we have an IDP. Only league, which I know you've heard us talk about, we have a couple openings there, um, that we need to fill fairly quickly because we draft in that league before the NFL draft. So it's an NFL, yeah,
1: it's NFL only, yeah, uh, yeah, NFL only, IDP only. You know, the rosters are super deep. Uh, I want to say like the rosters are like 55 or something like that oh idp only sounds like 60 20 i think but then like 20 like taxi slots so yeah this is like this is by far the deepest idp league that i know about um you know you're, you're not really picking anybody up on waivers uh and like and like uh hollywood no. said we draft before the nfl draft so we draft in march um After the combine, but before the NFL draft. So, yeah, it's – I mean, I – that the drafting before the NFL draft is probably the biggest draw for me for the league. I'm not a big NFL fantasy guy. Me too. But the fact that we get to draft before the NFL draft, I like that, and that's what attracted me to the league. Um, The dues, I think, are 55. And I think that's been one of the things that
0: has attracted everybody with that. Yeah. 55, and I think that's the biggest draw for all the the owners in the league is that we draft before the NFL draft, right? So you kind of got to know your stuff. Um, but there is some good, even though the waiver wires are kind of limited, I mean, you can find a player here and there occasionally. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's not a big draw, but we do a lot of trading. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty active on trading. So, and the owners, like I said, all the owners in this league are great. Trips in it, chops in it, me and Justice is in it. Um, Kyle, Doc, Kyle, uh, there's so many of us. Um, it's a really fun league. So if you like that kind of early, I've heard about regular fantasy leagues, offensive only, they do that some, right? And I was like, man, that'd be interesting. And uh, when uh, this league presented itself and the guy said, hey, I want to do the draft before the NFL draft, I was like, I'm in. Just, just put me in, I mean. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're interested, please reach out to Justice or myself or even Chop uh, if you're interested in his campus to camp leagues. Uh, I think me and you are in both of those, I'm pretty sure. Um, I know he has several leagues, so I don't know. He may have another league that he needs. Just feel free to reach out to any of us three, and we can get you started, get you set up. But IDP only league, NFL only league, if you're interested in that, please reach out soon so we can uh, get that squared away uh, before our draft this year. Our five-star topic. So we picked, what we're doing is we're picking a conference or maybe a couple conferences. I think we just picked one up this week.
1: Yes. The American athletic.
0: So we're we're picking one conference per week, time permitting, and we're going to go through, quick coaching changes and quick player changes, right? Like the key parts of it. So um, I'll do the coaching changes. Uh, Justice is going to chime in with the player. Um, leavings, coming's and going. So uh, we will run through these. Uh, not too fast, but we'll run through these uh, and cover the American Athletic Conference. Um, trying to keep you all informed because. Well, the coaching changes, and now you've got this transfer portal where players are coming and going. It's hard to kind of keep track of, so me and Justice thought it might be a good idea to kind of note some of the bigger names, the the ones that are really affecting us in IDP Daily League, so uh, we'll get started. Um, excuse me. Army Black Knights, as of right now, there was no coaching changes at the top or on defense
1: yeah which is not you know not shocking uh with the, with the uh with the schools um and not, not a lot of player movement yeah. either right i mean they don't they don't they don't participate yeah. they don't participate in the portal for as far as acquiring players from the portal <laughs> at least to the best of my knowledge they don't do that certainly they they can lose yeah. some they can lose some uh through the portal uh they lost uh linebacker Tanoa noah uh, he is transferring to San Diego State. Um, other than that, probably you know the, the, from a from a guy that I think probably or may have been rostered in some leagues, uh, linebacker Leo Lowen. He is out of eligibility. Uh, he was their leading tackler last year with 75 total tackles. Um, you the probably the, the biggest thing to note is they lose. Eight of their top ten tacklers. Uh, the only the only two returnees um, in that top ten was their third leading tackler Caleb Fortner, a linebacker. He had 55 tackles last season, and then defensive back Max uh, DiDomenico. and he had 47 total tackles last season. So, you know, they got they they, they lose quite a bit on defense that they're going to have to replace.
0: Which kind of stinks, right? If you for them, but it kind of stinks in IDP Debbie if you had some of those players. But and I know this is Army we're talking about, but still, when you lose that many, that's that many, that's that many spots for new players to arise and step up, right? So I figure there'll be at least one or two. I don't know who, but there'll be one or two to uh, step up and have pretty good seasons that. We weren't expecting. Absolutely. Um, next is the Charlotte 49ers. Kind of the same uh, with the coaching staff. No changes at the top, none on defense.
1: But they do lose players. Uh, they lose their top two yeah. linebackers. Um, linebacker Demetrius Knight, their leading tackler is off to South Carolina. Linebacker Nakai Hill Green, their second leading tackler, is off to uh, UCF. Uh, Demetrius Knight had 89 tackles, and Nakai Hill Green had 71 tackles last season. Uh, they lose Edge Darrell Johnson uh, to the portal. I'm not sure where he's going yet. You know, he came over from, I believe it was Liberty. Uh, they lose mm-hmm. a guy who was in i think was he in this he was either in the senior bowl or the shrine bowl i don't remember which one um ayabi okianoma uh he is an edge he is out of eligibility uh he's someone that was rostered in a few leagues last year man he's like the definition of of talent but just like like his his, his head's not on right like um you know i think he started at michigan and and some other schools and he was a five star recruit and I remember watching him play, you know, a couple games in Charlotte last year. And he's clearly talented, but he just could not, like he just stupid penalty after stupid penalty, you know, um, hitting people out of bounds, right. um, you know, just like d- just dumb, stupid mistakes that are just, you know, it's easy to see why how he ended up at Charlotte. Um, I don't, man, I just don't, maybe someone takes a chance on him as a UDFA, but. Like the NFL is not going to put up with his antics, um, no matter how talented he. You know he's he's not he's not that talented to to kind of pass off his antics, so to speak. So, um, who do they have coming in? They bring in edge DeAndre Martin coming over from South Carolina, linebacker Xavier Simmons from Missouri, and then they bring in two safeties, Derek Edwards from Louisville. And Trevion McGee from Iowa State. So, I mean, I think uh, from a fantasy perspective, you're gonna want to look and see, you know, linebacker uh, who maybe you know who who kind of who replaces Demetrius Knight and Nakai Hill Green. Their top returning linebacker linebacker is Prince Bima, who had 44 tackles last season. Uh, another guy I know, I think we talked about last year, who does return also is Edge Demon Clowney, uh, who had 31 total tackles last year. I don't see his, his sacks off the top of my head. He had a pressure rate of 9.5% and 2.5 and sacks. So, um, you know, that, that's maybe a name to kind of file away on, on a watch list, if you will.
0: Yeah, them losing uh, Demetrius Knight and Darrell Johnson and uh, Nakia Hill, that's going to be some blows for them right there. A lot of production that they've got to try and replace. Um, Safety, I kind of like the Travion McGee that transferred in from Iowa State. Um, I think he was just kind of roadblocked at Iowa State uh, with – with TJ Tampa and I forget the other kids name um, that was real good at safety um, can't remember his name but uh, and they've got another kid that's young too so I think that was just a him wanting to get some more playing time so I like that for him I like that for Charlotte that's a that's a good get then um, East Carolina parents is next and here's our first coaching change right so um the new coach coming in is Damon Magazoo. Uh, he was a former safeties coach at UNLV. Um, I like this for East Carolina because traditionally they've always had really tough defenses, right? Uh, gritty, uh, make you work for it. And I think him coming over is going to solidify that back in because I thought some at some points last year, that's kind of where they got hurt, right? they could hold their own up front and at that second level at times. And then they were getting beat deep or they were getting beat um, at that third level. So getting him to come in, I think will definitely help improve that a lot. Well, you
1: know, in addition to the new safety coach, they're, they're losing some folks in that defensive backfield. Um, they lose cornerback Antoine Jackson, Antoine Jackson. Um, I talked about him last season on the future freshman podcast. Uh he was the big fish small pond. He he was the highest rated recruit that East Carolina's ever gotten. Um, and he, he's 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 leaving. He is going to UCF. Uh, they also lose uh linebacker Ra Ra Dealworth who came over from North Carolina um didn't do anything to East Carolina and now he's off to Troy. Their leading tackler um, last season, defensive back Julius Wood. Um, He is out of eligibility, so he was gone. He had 87 total tackles last year. And then their third leading tackler, linebacker B.J. Davis, is also out of eligibility. Uh, He had 57 tackles last season. Who's returning or who's coming in, I guess? uh, Defensive lineman Jaden McKenzie coming over from Ohio State. Defensive lineman Raheem Craig coming over from Louisville. And linebacker Damian Wilson coming over from Missouri. And they do return their second leading tackler from last year. Uh, Mike Edwards is the third, a linebacker who had 58 total tackles last year. I I'm, I guess of all those people, I'm kind of excited to see you know, probably Jaden McKenzie. See what he can do at East Carolina. Come over from over from Ohio State. We know how good that defensive line room is at Ohio State, so I'm interested. Kind of see what he can do, you know, and a and a G five school.
0: Yeah, definitely would like to see how he does there. Um, will be interesting. So yeah, it looks like they've got like a <clears throat> excuse me. Looks like they've got like a sort of a complete haul, uh, you know rebuild going here so be interesting to see how that plays out but yeah th- they um, were pretty they were pretty active all right on, on yeah. like you said jackson being their highest recruiter yeah yeah so they're going to look i think look completely different um from what we are used to seeing right? from them personnel coaches so i think it's going to uh, it's going to be different here for them. Sorry. Um, up next is Florida Atlantic. And what, I was checking here to make sure I had my thing right. So, leaving is their secondary coach, Corey Bell, who's leaving to go to Mississippi State. Um, as of right now, replacing him. I wanted to make sure I was looking at this right. They've got, well, they've got Derek Gibson as their safeties coach and Roosevelt uh, Majet Jr. Or, sorry, sorry, sorry. Derek Gibson as their safeties coach, and they've got Brandon Harris, who's their cornerbacks coach, but he's also their co-defensive coordinator. So I kind of wonder if, if that secondary position is just not going to be his. They're going to let him kind of fill that role and then let uh, Derek Gibson kind of help him in the secondary. I've not seen anywhere that they've really replaced him, but that's kind of, for me, that's kind of what it's looking like right now.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Player personnel, who is leaving? They lose defensive back Jerron Morris. Uh, He is out of eligibility. He was their second leading tackler probably the, the biggest loss uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Who's coming in? They have safety Philip Dunman coming over from Indiana. Defensive lineman Prince James Boyd coming over from Purdue. And linebacker Kyler Lang coming over from Buffalo. Their leading tackler from last season does return, and that's uh, linebacker Jackson Ambush, who led them with 82 tackles. Uh, for the season, so not not too many changes for Florida Atlantic as far as
0: personnel goes, right? And that's a good thing, I guess. It's not <laughs> to not have many changeovers or turn up much turnover. um Memphis, the Memphis Tigers, they're next, and. So far, they're the one that's had the most coaching changeovers, right? So, coming in is Jordan Hankins to be the new defensive coordinator. Um, He was their linebackers' coach formerly. Uh, So, I don't, maybe coming in, he's he's being uh, promoted, promoted. if, if you will. Then you've got Lou Esposito. Yeah. Lou Esposito, the defensive line coach. And now he's coming over from Western Michigan, where he was their defensive coordinator. Um, and then leaving, you've got Matt Barnes, who was the defensive coordinator. He left to go to Mississippi State to coach their safeties. Um, and then Kyle Pope is leaving, who was their defensive line coach. He's leaving to go to Georgia Tech to uh, coach their defensive line. So it looked like they lost a couple good ones, right, with Barnes and Pope. But they've refilled. I think. Or not refilled, but replaced with Epizito. I think that was a good get for them because uh, Western Michigan usually has pretty good defensive line play. So I like that for yeah, him. Yeah. And then promoting I mean, within uh, Hankins up.
1: Yeah, Marshawn Nealan. you know, is a name you'll hear through the draft process. It's where he came from, Western Michigan. So, yep. All right. As far as personnel goes, they lose uh, safety. Cameron Smith going over to TCU, linebacker Jeffrey Canton-Arcou out of eligibility, defensive back Simeon Blair out of eligibility. Uh, That was their, Canton-Arcou was their number two tackler, Simeon Blair was their number three tackler, and they also lose their uh, best defensive lineman, Jalen Allen, who's out of eligibility. Uh, Who's coming in? They bring in defensive lineman Patrick Lucas over from Indiana. Uh, A safety that I'm familiar with, Taj Riel, over coming from Old Dominion. Safety Jordan Greer coming from Indiana, and linebacker Javante Mackey coming over from Arkansas State. Um, Mackey's probably one that has has that has me the most excited. Uh, As a freshman last year at Arkansas State, he had 84 total tackles, so um, he could probably. You know, they do return their leading tackler though, Chandler Martin. Who's only a sophomore. Um, he had 94 total tackles. So uh, they gotta be feeling good about linebacker, right? Uh I'm assuming Mackie's gonna kind of take over for Jeffrey Canton Arcoup and, and be the starter opposite Chandler Martin.
0: Yeah, um you'll have to tell me more about Taj Rael from Old Dominion to safety. So, but yeah, as far as Mackie, I I I thought that was a great pick up for them right um didn't play much as a freshman uh for arkansas state and he's a he's a tennessee boy right he came from Whitehaven high school um re- i thought he was a really good player i was kind of shocked that he didn't receive more interest coming out of high school uh because he's a really good player but uh didn't play much as a freshman, and then last year, like you said, it looked like he had the starting role or a major role, and he did really well in eighty-four tackles, fifty-two solos, seven TFLs, two sacks. You know, a couple other fumble recoveries and and pass deflections. So, I think that's a really huge get for Memphis and what they want to. do. So, I like that. Yeah, I mean Taj,
1: um, um, he's probably you know a physical safety. Um. Yeah, you know, he, he was a good tackler. Um, be kind of interesting to see how Memphis uses him.
0: Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Let's see where we're at here. So uh, next is the Navy midshipman. Kind of the same as with Army. Not a lot of turnover coaching wise. Not a lot of turnover player wise, unless they're off to fulfill their duties, um, serving the country or whatever. Um, but they had no coaching changes at the top, none on defense. Uh, but did have a couple players here who are leaving. And I'll let you add that.
1: Um yeah, I mean, again, it's the it's the uh <laughs> military academies you, you don't <laughs> see a lot there, but they do lose uh Edge Jacob Busick transferring to UCLA and Someone you may be familiar with, uh, linebacker Will Harbor, is out of eligibility. Um, He was their second leading tackler this uh, this past year. As far as coming in, that you know they don't they don't bring anyone in the portal, but their leading tackler from last season, linebacker Colin Ramos, does return. Uh, He led them last season with 94 total tackles.
0: Yeah, Will Harbor. That's gonna hurt. He was kind of their their motor, right? Their heart and soul, their do everything guy. So losing him is definitely gonna hurt. Um up next we have North Texas Mean Green. And I just love their name and I love their uniforms because they embrace the green. <laughs> they they embrace the green man. It's uh it's great. But they've had some good players come from there, right? You got yeah. two in this draft that's coming up in Grayson and um, Gabriel yeah. Yeah. Um, Murphy that transferred to UCLA and now are entering the draft. So um, who was the linebacker last year, a year before that was, uh, that oh, was God. so good that everybody wanted? It? Oh, uh, man, I can't think his of main, his name. 100 tackle guy, just. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't either. He was just a downhill go getter. Yeah. Um, so they've produced some pretty good players.
1: Um, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, absolutely. over the last
0: few years. So, yeah. Um, so again, no coaching changes, none on defense.
1: So they lose um, their second leading tackler, safety Patrick Smith, going over to ODU, um, which is definitely a position of need for Old Dominion. Old, Do- <laughs> Old, Old Dominion, they, they 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 start three safeties essentially. And- <laughs> all three of them left in the portal. So yeah. um, it was definitely a need. So great to see they can get someone that can tackle because um, definitely a need for old dominion. Um, they also lose safety. Logan Wilson, who's in the portal. Not sure where he's going yet. They lose one of their best edges and uh, Mazin Richards, who is out of eligibility, uh, but they, they're bringing quite a bit in. Um, they bring in edge, Jake Shipley over from Oregon safety B.J. Allen from Texas, uh, safety Ashim Young from Old Miss, linebacker J.J. John Lewis from Iowa State, and another Texas safety and Xavier Bryce. Uh, they also return their top leading tackler and linebacker Jordan Brown, who led them last season with 77 tackles. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can see, like, they needed some defensive backs and they, they brought him in, you know. Ishim Young is someone I think like we expected more things of out of old, out of Old Miss. So maybe you know, dropping down to the to the G five level, we we can kind of see some more production from him.
0: Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, and and I know this is not their conference, but I've seen the name mentioned on this list a couple times and. That's Ole Miss, right? They've got a lot of changes coming of in Ole Miss, coming in, leaving out. So I know we're off topic as far as conference, but I think that's a team that's going to be really interesting to watch and see how they come out because of all the changes. Um, up next is the Rice Owls. No coaching changes at the top or on defense to speak of Um, looks like they have a couple uh, a player or two who's leaving and coming in.
1: Yeah. um, Not, not anything earth shattering. They, they do lose defensive tackle uh, Debraylon Carroll. He's going over to Texas tech. I'm sure he's nothing but really a a depth piece there for, for uh, Texas tech. Um, And they do bring in edge Michael Daly over from BYU. Um, other than that, they pretty much returned, you know, most of their, most of their starters, they returned their top five tacklers. Um, their leading tackler was Myron Morrison, uh, a linebacker who led them with 68 tackles. Um, but certainly there, there's, there really isn't any Rice guys you're looking to uh, roster from a uh, CFF, IDP perspective, or even a, you know, from an NFL perspective either. So, not not a whole lot there at race.
0: Yeah, and they're losing their they're losing their best player too to the draft. So and McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey, he's out.
1: Yeah, the best offensive player,
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um up next will be the South Florida Bulls. Um out is their secondary coach George Barlow, so he's leaving to go to Louisiana to take over as the lead secondary coach. And coming in is going to be Demarcus Van Dyke. He's going to take over at cornerback, and that's the position he held at Florida International, where he was before cornerback's coach. Um, so a change uh, in their secondary they weren't happy with, or he's moving on, but. They've uh, got that spot field and looking to improve there. And South Florida, I won't say great or elite or, or top-notch, but they've had some decent defensive backs over the last few years. Maybe not NFL quality, but for IDP Debbie, they've produced some, some decent options in the secondary.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you know, speaking of secondary, the top player they lose is safety Will Jones, also going to Old Dominion. Again, like I said earlier, we, we're not covering Old Dominion today, but Old Dominion lost a lot in the uh, in that defensive backfield. They also lose edge Lord Lloyd Summerall going over to California. And defensive back Daquan Evans, who was their second leading tackler, is out of eligibility. They do bring in some help in the defensive backfield, and Maybe Hollywood knows a little bit about this first guy, a uh, cornerback Deshaun Rucker coming over from Tennessee and safety Kawan banks coming from South Carolina. Uh, they also returned their leading tackler last year, Jalen Shuler linebacker who had 97
0: total tackles last season. Yeah. As for Rucker, he's um uh- he just never really could crack the starting lineup, right? I mean, he wasn't a big guy. He's six foot, 190. Um, played kind of sparingly uh, the last couple of years. Um, and 2021 was his biggest year, right? He played all 12 games, but he was nothing more than a special team. Um, I mean, he played 24 career games and has 14 career tackles. So, nothing that really hurt us even even with all the losses we had at defensive back, losing him wasn't a major hit. And I think that's what people don't quite realize about some of these schools, such as Tennessee, for example. Yeah, we had eight or nine players from a single position, you know, safety corner leave, but either they weren't Starting quality, a couple of them, or we had a couple that ran out of eligibility. So I, it, it was just the sheer volume that kind of hurt us. But from him, I mean, I wish him the best. Maybe a change of scenery will uh, will spark something, but not someone that I'm really interested in for ADPW, at least not now. All right. Um, let's see here. Oh, almost lost where I was So Temple Owls are next. <clears throat> another team that always seems to have that player or two, right, that's really good and then kind of transfers somewhere else. But for IDP, they usually have one or two players, which really good. Uh, Leighton Jordan comes to mind. I forget who the other kid was a couple of years Jordan ago. Jordan McGee. Um, that was there and transferred. Yeah. So they – somehow Temple does – pull in some talent, they may not be able to keep them, but, uh, but yeah, um, no changes coaching wise, uh, but they do have some player changes you're going to discuss here.
1: Yeah. I mean, the defense has hit really hard. Um, so they lose their leading tackler linebacker, Jordan McGee. He is out of eligibility. He is off to the NFL. And I just look, he is, he will be at the combine. They lose their second leading tackler, Taiwan Francis out of eligibility. Their third leading tackler, Tackler D. Rigby out of eligibility. Their fourth leading tackler, Jacob Hollins out of eligibility. Um, and then they also lose linebacker, Leighton Jordan out of eligibility. Eight of their top nine tacklers are gone uh, between either out of eligibility or transferring out. Uh, So they are losing a ton um, on that defense. Uh, Who are they bringing in Uh, linebacker Torin, Wright coming over from NC state and cornerback Jalen Lewis coming over from Arkansas. Uh, Their leading returning tackler is safety. Elijah Darville, who had 40 tackles for him last season Um, after that. You're looking at linebacker Corey Yeoman, 35 tackles. Uh, linebacker Trey Thomas, 30 tackles. And linebacker Dewan Black, 29 tackles. So they lose. They are losing a ton um, on defense uh, this coming
0: year. Wow. Yeah, let's, when you lose that many of your top tacklers, that's. That's hard for any team to try to to make up the following year. I don't I don't care how good you are. That's that's tough, right? When you're losing yeah, that many eight at the top nine, that's they lose. They're, they only
1: return thirty percent of their tackles and like shade under thirty or thirty eight percent of their snaps. That's a lot.
0: Man, that's rough. That <laughs> that is rough.
1: Which, um, as far as like if you if you rank them, they like. All the FBS, they're 131st. So that means only what two teams are worse than them in, t- in terms of what's returning?
0: Yeah. Yep. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> well, hopefully they recruited well, uh, and hopefully they were able to possibly hit the portal as well. Right? There's some kids from Division Two and Division Three that can move up and and stuff like that. Maybe. lateral move just kids want to come closer home or whatever but uh, they definitely have their work cut out for them Um, up next is the Tulane Greenway and this might be of all the schools in the athletic American Athletic Conference this might be the school with the most important and biggest change as far as coaching, and maybe that'll trickle down to the players too. So I'm really interested in this. We know how good Tulane um, has been, right? Under the last few years. So, head coach Willie Fritz is out. He left to take over the Houston head coaching job after eight seasons. So he was 54 and 47 in his time there, but he was 23 and 4 with an ACC, AAC championship, and a win over the USC in the Cotton Bowl the past two seasons. So he had that team dialed in competing. Um, you know, they're the underdog. They're the true underdog, right, when you're talking about the playoffs that's coming even this year. And, you know, they kind of pushed for it, but they were the underdog. So, um, so that's a lot of production that you're going to be losing. And I think they done they hit a home run here. They're bringing in John Sumrall, who was at Troy, and in his past two seasons, guess what? He was twenty three and four, and he won two Sun Belt championships. So your your head guy is your key guy, right? I mean he's he's responsible for everything. He's you know from coaching staff to players to whatever. And to follow somebody that had that much success, but you have that same success, I kind of feel like this is going to be a seamless, I want to say seamless transition, right? As long as he can get the players and coaches to buy in. I think Tulane keeps on rocking here. I just think they're going to be, they're not going to miss a beat here. Um, Will there be some changes? Will they look different? Absolutely they will. But um, I think if you're, you know, a lot of times when coaches leave or even if you fire them, that next guy up as a replacement, that's a hard job to fill, right? So um, I think they did good there. Um, so you've got also with Willie Fritz leaving, you've got Shiel Wood, their defensive coordinator. He left to go to Houston for the same position. Gerald Chapman, their defensive line coach, he left to go to Florida to coach the same position. And then John Christian Young, the defensive backs coach, he also followed uh, Fritz to Houston to coach defensive backs. So three of the four followed Fritz. The other one went to Florida. Replacing them, you're going to have Greg Desperado, defensive coordinator. He's coming over from Troy. Taylor Pult, the inside linebackers coach. He's coming from Troy. Um, Landius Wilkerson, defensive line. He's coming over from South Alabama where he coached the defensive line and then you've got Bam Hardman defensive line coach who is coming over from Troy too so a lot of times when you see these big name coaches or successful coaches when they move from one school to another you typically see a lot following, not right? just as, as far as coordinators and assistants yeah. it's just a typical thing um, that you see and I think that's I think that's why I feel so confident that Tulane's going to be all right. right? It may, t- I mean, I just don't see them falling flat on their face because of the coaching change. Now they may back down a year or so. You know, they may not be a uh, eleven and two or whatever it is they was. They may be a nine and three or ten and two team for a couple of years, but I don't see that being a drop. I think they're just going to keep on going, and I think in the conference they're in. I think they have an advantage, right? So um, I like this for Tulane. Um, and I expect things to keep on turning. It will. And we kind of know what we've seen from those guys at Troy, right? Because they were successful there too. So um, yeah, I think one, it's one, just one different of the players defenses. and getting them to buy in is the issue.
1: Yeah, they were one of the best yeah. defenses in G5 last year. Troy was. So um, as far as players going, so they lose Edge, Devin Deal going over to TCU. Um, defensive lineman, Keith Cooper, following the coach to Houston. Linebacker, Corey Platt, going to Houston. Safety, Kentrell Webb going to Houston. And safety, DJ Douglas going to Florida. So as you can see, the, most of the players leaving, they're following their old coaches. Um, who do they bring in? They bring in yep. uh, safety, Jalen Geiger, coming over from Kentucky. And so safety, Ladarius Webb Jr. coming from Oklahoma State. They do return their top three leading tacklers. Uh, Jesus Machado, linebacker, was their leading tackler with 98 tackles. Uh, Hollywood favorite, Tyler Grubbs, linebacker, was their second leading tackler. He returns with 85 tackles. And safety, Bailey Despaney. Returns, uh, and he had 67 tackles last season. So, I, I mean, I think you're right that Tulane as a whole might, they might be, a, there might be a little bit of a dip, but it's not going to be a huge dip. They were very active in the portal, especially on offense. They brought in, um, oh gosh, uh, Ty Thompson, quarterback, uh, Mario Williams, receiver, and then I want to say a receiver from Alabama, too, right? Um. Oh, let me see if I can figure it out.
0: Oh Uh, yeah. um, Oh gosh. I can't think of these
1: names. I can't either. But they they brought in two of two of the you know two Power Five receivers coming over uh, over there. Now they did lose, yeah, Chris Brazell over to over to um, Tennessee. But yeah, I mean, I think I think I think think you're right that uh, you know. 10 or nine win seasons all on tap. They're still going to be a good team. Um, you know, and like you said, Troy, Troy was a good team in the Sun Belt, And so I think, you know, it's not going to be much of a dip, if a dip at all for Tulane.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it, it, just look at what they had in, in Troy, right? They've got two NFL edge prospects in Richard Juvenier and uh, Javon Solomon, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you can see that kind of same thing here at Tulane, not who exactly will that be. I don't know. Uh, their linebackers were pretty good at Troy, so I think uh, Tyler Grubbs is going to continue to do well here. Um, I think you may see for Tulane a little bit more of a change on offense, right, which I think could be the dip, because I think defensively with um, Summerall coming over with his staff, I think he's got some key pieces, right? Right, you got your defensive coordinator, which is key. Uh, you got your inside linebackers is key. And then you've got your uh, defensive line coach, which is key. It looks, And, you know, you brought in Wilkerson to help with the defensive line. So I like it. I, I just don't think they're going to drop off very much. And for IDP purposes, I think you're going to see more of the same, if not a little better, from those two lane guys. Next up is Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. Um, No coaching changes to speak of. Looks like there's a few player changes.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, we just got done talking about Temple and how bad their returning defensive line looked or defensive as a whole looked. Well, Tulsa's worse. Tulsa is ranked dead last (laughs) in returning defense from last season, returning production. Um, they lose a ton. Uh, they lose their leading tackler, uh, Kendarin Ray. He's out of eligibility. They lose their second leading tackler, Julian Simon. He is off to uh, Connecticut. Linebacker Dorian Hopkins is off to UTEP. Safety Jace Oliver off to TCU. Defensive lineman Everett Rogers off to Houston. Defensive lineman Jaden Simon off to Connecticut. Uh, defensive end edge Ben Kopensky is out of eligibility. They lose 10 of their top 11 tacklers. Um, they're only, uh, you know, look at wow. who's coming in. They do return their third leading tackler, Dane Hodge, who had, uh, he was a safety, had 56 tackles last season. Who are they bringing in? Uh, linebacker Gavin Potter coming over from Arkansas State, linebacker Zach Marcheselli coming from TCU, linebacker Chris Thompson Jr. from USC. Uh, this next one surprised me because last I'd heard this name, the kid played wide receiver. But I guess he's transitioned over to defensive back, uh, and that's safety Zion Steptoe at Purdue. Um, funny thing, I actually rostered him in a couple college leagues hmm. as, as a receiver when he was coming in. Um, but looks like he's transitioned to defensive back and edge. Miles Jackson coming over from Indiana. So, yeah, a lot of changes and and defense could be could be an issue next season for Tulsa.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're going to have uh, they're working out for him to try to get this thing turned around for sure. Um, up next is the UAB Blazers. Um, so they're losing Ernest Hill. Um, their defensive coordinator, who's off to ULM, and they're bringing in C.J. Cox to coach their safeties, who was a former cornerbacks coach at Kent State. Um I don't like losing the defensive coordinator, but if it's not working, then it has to be made. And I'm not exactly sure who's filling in for him or taking over. I don't think I've seen that, but maybe they promote within there.
1: Um, As far as players go, they're losing linebacker Jackson Bratton to North Alabama, linebacker Jamarcus Jones to Louisiana Tech. Uh, Safety and their leading tackler, Keandre Swoops, he's out of eligibility. They lose their top two tacklers and swope's and bratton. Um, who's coming in? Uh, and the edge, they bring uh, Ezra Odenajor over from Georgia Tech. Uh, defensive lineman Ladarius Cox from Indiana, and linebacker Octavius Brothers from Purdue. Um, but unlike you know Tulsa, they seem to re- return you know quite a bit of their defense. So not not in not in quite a bad a shape in ter- terms of returning production.
0: Right. Um, and we're going to end, finish it up with the USTA Roadrunners, runners. Um, and they are bringing in Galen Scott uh, to coach their linebackers. And he was formerly a, um, an inside linebackers coach for Louisiana. So right now that's their only defensive change that they're making.
1: Um, they do lose some players. Probably the biggest one is edge Trey Moore uh, going over to Texas. They also lose defensive back Ken Robinson, who was their leading tackler. He is out of eligibility uh, linebacker, Jamal Legon, Their second leading tackler is out of eligibility. And, um, a favorite of ours, Safety Rashad Wisdom, is also out of eligibility. They lose four of their top seven tacklers. Uh, as far as who's returning, their 3rd leading tackler, uh, Jamal Ligon, linebacker who had 62 tackles last season. Um, and then they bring in linebacker Brevin Randall coming over from Louisiana Tech. He had 74 tackles last season for Louisiana Tech. They also bring in linebacker Ian Jackson coming over from Alabama, and safety Sinke Williams coming over from Austin P. Um, a lot of that coaching staff, you know, the new coaching staff is on uh, coming over from Austin P. So, especially on the offensive side, we saw a lot of Austin P. players coming over. Um, but you know, Trey, Trey Moore is a huge loss for them. Huge loss.
0: Yeah, and I was trying to quickly look here. Um, man, they're just to lose him and not lose him to the draft is that hurts, right? Because uh, that was someone that you would hope that you could keep on your staff because he's so good. Um, I believe he went to Texas. So yeah, try to look and see maybe who the next guy um who that next guy for them might be? Um, I think it's this guy right here that I looked at. what's going on with I mean, from a sacks
1: perspective,
0: they've got some youngsters.
1: From a sacks perspective, it's the the top guy returning is Nick Nick Booker Brow,
0: two and a half sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're losing, they're losing more. Had fourteen. They're losing, um, Madison who had five. Robinson had four. So they're losing a ton of pass rush. Well, I take that um, back. Jamori
1: Robinson maybe is their their next guy. Four and a half sacks.
0: Yeah. So either way, I mean, they're losing a lot. So they're going to have to have somebody uh, step up there. But to lose more was huge. But that's a huge get for Texas, right? I mean. Absolutely. There was some interest from Tennessee and some other schools, so for Texas to land him, that was huge. Yep. But it looks like Austin P. or, you know, bringing in a a player there, that'll help. Um, Ian Jackson is kind of intriguing and interesting. Um, Coming over from Alabama, your thoughts on him? He's not a bad player. I just I, think he I, never I really got the opportunity.
1: I don't really know much about him. And then um I need to recant my Austin P comment because all those coaches didn't go to UTSA. They all went to UTEP. <laughs> they all went to UTEP, is where all the Austin P coaches went to. So I got my oh. uh I got my UT schools mixed up. UTEP is where all the Austin P a lot of the Austin P kids and all the coaches went to. Not not UTSA.
0: Yeah. But um, the Jackson, the Ian Jackson, I think is, uh, that's interesting. I just, I think he was kind of buried on the depth chart, right? Because they're, they are so deep and they are so talented. I just don't think he ever really, I don't want to say he didn't get the opportunity. I just don't think he was able to crack in there, right? So, I mean, he's a sophomore, he'll be a junior this year. Um, Didn't really have any stats at all. Uh, in 2022, um, just didn't play a ton of football for them.
1: No, he was a four-star. Um, and you
0: four-star last year. Number
1: 24 linebacker out of uh, high school.
0: Yeah, he was highly recruited. 6'1", 225, roughly, and then um, you know, last year nothing either. So I think he he kind of seen he needed to change his scenery. So. Hopefully it works out for them. Yeah. And if it does, that's a big get for them though. Yep. Um, so that does it for our American Athletic Conference um coaching, or we'll just call them changes, coaching changes, player changes. Um next week we're doing Conference USA. Conference USA. Sounds good. That'll be a good one to do. Um, we'll, and we talk about you, we'll talk about UTEP and all the Austin Peay players. <laughs> <laughs> You're hey, right. You, you was just a week ahead, that's all. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but we thank you for listening and tuning in. Uh, thank you, Dougie, for the kind uh, words. Always feel free to stop by, drop questions. Um, Whatever you have for us, um, we want to thank MFL for sponsoring our um, listener leagues on the Canton side, and we want to thank uh, Fantrax for our uh, for sponsoring us on the uh, are camp- on the campus side. Uh, a lot of work. Uh, are we still kind of wishy on Fantrax and their issues? I think we are, but.
1: I mean, they're not gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's going It's the same as it's gonna be, right? They're not. They're not. To my knowledge, they aren't. Yeah. Their 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 stat provider can't provide tackles, so it is what it is. Um, you know, at this point, we're used to it, right? I mean, we've dealt with it for. I just find that
0: um. A couple seasons now, so. Yeah, I just find it odd that your stat provider can't provide the main stat tackles. It's just kind of weird to name but Whatever. Yeah,
1: I um, mean, to me, I guess to me, the weirdest thing is that I'm able to do it myself using a free resource, and and they and they and they're paying and they can't get it. So, um, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, it is what it is. I guess we'll have to deal with it. So, but thank you, thank uh, Choppy, two for you guys uh, taking the time to put all that effort in to keep our leagues going. Um. Also, thank you to Trophy Smack. They sponsor us with our um, Listener League hardware for our winners. Um, Here's one that um, recently came in. Uh, If I could get over here. There we go. That's one of the rings that they put up for us. You
1: get to to send another one to me, and you get to keep one yourself this year.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You you get another one. I get one this year. So hopefully we can repeat that success next year. Um, I mean, I need I need two more. I got out of the way and, I need
1: two more to fill the hand up. So, hey,
0: uh-huh. yeah. right. we don't need to hear about your Tom Brady path here. Okay, we don't <laughs> want to hear that. <laughs> uh, but we thank them for. For sponsoring this, they do a wonderful job with these rings, and we thank them so much for sending them to us. So, um, I'll be getting those in the mail to everyone here within the next week or so as we get ready for this year. Um, Want to shout out to Dovey.com. Uh, They're an energy drink. It's all natural. No, no sugars. Nothing like that. Um, go check them out. Um, be sure to use. The promo code nation and get a discount off your uh, purchases. But uh, I've tried their product. It's really, it's, it kind of looks like flavored water. Um, but man, it's so good and it really uh gives you a lot of energy. So go check them out. And it's not, you know, the sugary stuff you buy in the Kansas store that's bad for you. So go check them out. And then, of course, be sure to check out the G5 Hive tonight with uh, Justice and I can't never remember the name. Um,
1: Luke.
0: Luke. So sorry, Luke. But Justice and Luke will be doing that tonight, I think around 10-ish, so be sure to tune in there. Probably
1: closer um, to 10:15. 15 but, yeah.
0: They could, uh, but they'll enjoy the support, so go harass Justice over there on offense. But um, that does it this week. We'll be back with Conference USA next week. Please re- rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pubbean, all those good things. Follow us on at DaveyIDPGrind. Go over to YouTube. Give us a subscription and a follow there. We're starting to get that going um, in the right direction. And all this just helps us grow bigger and be able to do more things. Uh, You can follow me at HollywoodGotton. You can follow Justice at Justice underscore 2318. And um, Yeah, uh, 2024 is here, and uh, can't wait to get started, and we will see you next week.